number 13 of the book of Mark, I had a pastor ask me, how long, if you could create an ideal sermon series, how long would your ideal sermon series last? I said 13 weeks. So that's, this is my sweet spot, but it's okay, Mark, we're in Mark chapter 4. So we, it isn't going to be 13 weeks uh, in the book of Mark, but um, I have been challenged deeply in this study. Um, I have been, my eyes have been opened to a greater appreciation for Jesus, a greater appreciation for why he came and his true purposes here on this earth. Um, probably the, the greatest truth that has resonated with me so far in these first 12 sermons leading up to today is that Jesus' primary purpose was the message that he brought. His primary purpose was not the miracles he performed, but it was the message that he brought. And so I'm, I'm just thankful for that. Uh, Jesus went about teaching. Uh, and he opened up the word. And, and throughout uh, all the gospels, you'll find Jesus oftentimes opening up an Old Testament passage of scripture, actually, and expounding upon what the Old Testament said and explaining what it means now in the New Testament. And I've just learned a lot. I've learned a lot. Today, we're going to be in Mark chapter 4. If you want to turn uh, in your Bibles there, uh, that's great. You don't, uh, if you don't have a Bible, if you have an app, you can turn there, Mark chapter 4. And then if not, we also have it on the screens for you this morning. But Mark chapter 4 is where we'll be. This chapter of Mark chapter 4, there are four parables that are recorded in this chapter. Last Sunday, uh, we studied the most well-known of the four parables. It was the introduction to all the other parables, and it was the parable of the sower. Parable of the sower we, we studied last week, and, and I believe it was the first parable because the parable was all about what sort of heart we had to receive truth. When the truth came to us, was our heart completely unbelieving, and that seed bounce right off and go disappear? Was our heart shallow in that it would take root, but the very next day the sun would come up and it would burn out whatever the root had done? Is our heart, that heart that has good intentions, but over time the heart just can't endure? And when trials come and when the rains come and the storms come, the seed is taken away. Or is our heart that receptive heart? I believe it to be the most important of the parables, especially in this context, because it does set the stage for how people will receive parables from here on out. We learned last week that parables were given uh, for these reasons. The parables were these stories, right? They were, they were given, first of all, to teach a main truth to Jesus' followers. He told a story trying to illustrate, trying to tell them, give an explanation or an example of a truth that he wanted his disciples and his followers to understand. But then there were often those who did not believe and he gave these parables and they had no comprehension of what they meant. And it was a way for Jesus to, to explain to those who were unbelievers that, hey, listen, until you believe in the name, on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you're not going to understand these truths. This was a way for unbelievers to know that there was something more out there for them to know and for them to understand. Verse 33 is not where we begin per se as far as chronologically, but for today in verse 33, it says, and with many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. But without a parable, he did not speak to them. 
And when they were alone, he explained all things to his disciples. You see, Jesus understood his disciples could only handle so much. And they could only handle truth at a certain rate, at a certain level. And so his purpose in giving these parables was not to conceal the truth, but rather to reveal the truth to his believers. Okay, so in a nutshell, parables are illustrations. They are stories that Jesus told, number one, to illustrate a truth to believers. I want you to understand something. And then secondly, it was to share the truth in the presence of unbelievers so that they would say, I don't get it. And Jesus would say, you're exactly right. Now let me help you. Let me help you believe. Let me help you walk through this. That was the purpose of parables. So with the backdrop of last week's parable of the sower, let's dive into this week's text beginning in verse 21 of the fourth chapter there in the book of Mark. Verse 21 says, and he, this is Jesus said to them, is a lamp brought to be put under a basket or under a bed? Is it not to be set on a lampstand? For there is nothing hidden which shall not be revealed, nor has anything been kept secret, but that it should come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Then he said to them, take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use it, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. For whoever has, to him more will be given. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Verse 26, and he said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by night and rise by day, and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. For the earth yields crops by itself, first the blade, then the head, and after that the full grain in the head. But when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle, because the harvest has come. Verse 30. Then he said, to what shall we liken the kingdom of God, or with what parable or story or illustration shall we picture it? The kingdom of God, verse 31, it's like a mustard seed, which when it is sown on the ground is smaller than all the seeds on the earth. But when it is sown, it grows up. And becomes greater than all herbs and shoots out large branches so that the birds of the air may nest under its shade. Heavenly Father, speak speak through your word. Speak through this story, this illustration that Jesus gave. I pray that our hearts be illuminated to the truth. That our hearts be receptive as we spoke about last week. When we hear the truth, God, we love you. We thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. First off, I want us to see this morning, the light of the world will not be hidden. The light of the world will not be hidden. Jesus begins this set of smaller parables. You see the first uh, parable took up 20 verses. This one, these are small parables that are broken up. And he takes a common sense look at a lamp. And just so we're clear this, this morning on the meaning, the lamp here is referencing the light. of the, It's the lamp. It's Jesus. The lamp here is representing either a, a Jesus or a one, the truth that Jesus presents. So it is Jesus, right? The lamp here is referencing the light of the world. This is the same light that John referred to over and over again in his gospel, especially in chapter number one. So we're talking about Jesus. We're talking about the truth of Jesus when we speak of this lamp. Look at verse 
21, he said to them, is a lamp brought to be put under a basket or under a bed? Is it not to be set on a lampstand? Jesus wants us to understand that his truth was not given to be retracted, but rather to be projected. Jesus wants us to know, just as this lampstand is here, Jesus wants us to know that this lamp was given not to stay dark. This lamp was given not to stay turned uh, to the off position, but this lamp was given so that we could turn it on. And the lamp was given to brighten the area. If we had all the lights turned off this morning, this lamp right here would shine very brightly, as brightly as it's shining in my eye right now. If all the lights were off. In fact, if this lamp were turned on and we were to go back here behind these curtains and maybe back here in this baptistry area, guess what this lamp would help us do? It would help to reveal some things that you don't see where you're sitting. This lamp would reveal uh, maybe uh, down in, 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 the, in the carpet area and on the sides, this lamp would reveal some things, uh, some truths that we didn't see without that lamp. And none of you buy a lamp and just, I say none of you as I said that, I'm sure there are people, uh, maybe in this room, but most people, logical people, don't buy a lamp and never turn it on and use it. I'm, I'm sure there are some people here that buy the most beautiful lamp in the world. You could care less whether you have a bulb in it or not. It's just so beautiful. It sits over in the corner. But most of the time, most logical people, if you buy a lamp, you buy that lamp because you want to read over in that corner. You buy that lamp because you have something specific. Maybe you're in one of them crazy houses that doesn't have any ceiling lights. Anybody live in a house or have lived in a house before? They didn't have lights in the ceiling. I was there, man. We lived in a townhome. Man, I, what in the, I don't even know. I'm not sure what's going through builders' minds. But we lived in a house where we had lamps everywhere because we had to light our house up. But at the end of the day, we don't buy this lamp simply to have it turned off. And what good is this? And what good is this? I'll, I'll, I'll pick on my wife because she decided to uh, attend Keystone's South Campus today uh, at Disney World in Orlando. And so I'll pick on her because she's not here. And my two girls are here today with me, fully, fully clothed, smelling good, hair's done. Just make sure she knows that when she gets back. But my wife has a watch. My wife has a watch. It's a very nice watch. I think it's a Kate Spade watch, if I'm not mistaken. But my wife, that battery went out in that watch a couple years ago. And she has not gotten it fixed. There's like a mental block. If she's listening today, she knows. There's a mental block there. And guess what? She's wearing a beautiful watch. But if you ask her what time it is, at any time of day, guess what, your answer, what, guess what answer you're going to get? 1130. That is where that watch stopped. And at the end of the day, all jokes aside, or maybe not, she has a beautiful watch, but it has zero function. It just is a pretty thing on her arm. At the end of the day, the light this morning, uh, the light is, is Jesus, and the light is to come to light, okay? I don't care how dark the world may get or it may seem that the world is getting. 
as we focus on our culture and we look around us and see all the things that seem to be prevailing in our culture, the light of the world, according to this parable here, the light of the world will not be put in a basket and the light of the world will not be put under a bed. This light of the world will not be hidden this morning. The light of the world will be revealed and then will reveal And that's the tough truth this morning. The light of the world will be revealed, and then he will reveal. I don't know about you, if you're like me this morning, there's probably some cracks and crevices and corners in my life and in my heart. The light of the world shines in that corner and reveals some things that, some cobwebs, reveals some by the way, if you have spider webs, it's not enough to clean out the spider webs. It's finding the spider, by the way. That's not for today's message. That was free. But we, we find those corners and, and dark crevices in our lives, and the light of the world illuminates them. So he will be revealed, and then he will reveal. But then Jesus gives us a warning. He gives us a warning in, in verse 24. Uh, Look at what it says. Then he said to them, take heed. Okay, fair warning here. What you hear. Listen to what you hear. Take heed. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. This is talking about the truth, the light of the world. And to you who hear, more will be given, more truth. For whoever has truth, to him more truth will be given. But whoever does not have truth, even what, what he has, what truth he has, will be taken away from him. I want to break this down very simply this morning uh, to what these verses mean. And some people may not like to hear this, but that's okay. Those who hear and apply truth to their lives will be given more truth. Okay, As we accept truth, as we believe truth, as we receive truth, the truth will continue to be illuminated to us in our lives through God's word and through God's spirit. But if we continue to reject the truth, You will find yourself, over time, farther and farther away from the truth. We call it different things. The word that comes to mind first for me is desensitized. I've just become a little desensitized, and I seem to be able to handle this sin or this wickedness a little bit better than I used to. It doesn't bother me as much anymore as it used to. I can continue doing my own thing over here now, and it it doesn't feel as bad as it used to feel. The follower of Jesus this morning, we must understand that as we live in the light, as we live in the truth, as we seek after the truth, as we seek to make the truth known this morning, as we seek to, 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 to light the world with the truth this morning, as we do that, more truth will be given, more understanding will be given. More comprehension will be given. You'll begin opening your Bible and reading the Bible and comprehending what it's saying to you in a better way. You'll begin listening to the Holy Spirit's voice and, and you'll feel like, man, God, the Holy Spirit, he, he told me to do this. I know he did and I'm going to do that. As we continue to receive the truth and project the truth this morning. But I must say, I must be honest this morning. As we turn this off or as we ignore or as we push this truth away this morning, it's going to become harder and harder and harder 
to often even understand or recognize where the truth is. You see, as I get further and further away from that truth and that light that's gone out, that brown now blends in pretty well with the brick over there, even with the carpet here. There's a lot of stuff over there. And as that light is turned off, the truth, it just becomes more and more distant. More and more distant. And so number one this morning, the light of the world, it will not be hidden. It will not be hidden. Secondly, I want us to see this, and we're going to look at our text here. The kingdom of God, secondly, naturally advances. Okay? And pay attention to these last two points today. Jesus was teaching a truth to his followers, and he was teaching a truth to those who had not yet followed him. Verse 26, and he said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground and should just sleep by night and rise by day. Literally, he stows the seed, he goes to bed, he gets up the next day and does his thing. Okay? For the earth yields crops by itself. First the blade, then the head, after that the full grain in the head. But when the grain ripens, immediately he puts, the, puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. What does this say? This man right here, uh, by the way, this is the only parable in the book of Mark that is unique to the book of Mark. Every other parable, there's a parallel in one of the other gospels. This is the only one in the book of Mark. Take that for what it's worth. There's not any huge significance in that, but just something to note. But this person, literally the truth, the kingdom of God, the seed is sown on the ground. And this person gets up, goes to bed, gets up, and goes to bed. What does that tell us this morning? God's kingdom, his truth, his word, it will move forward. And this is a comforting truth, but a challenging truth. And God doesn't need you to make it happen. Understand that this morning. The truth, the light, it will move forward. God doesn't need you. How many of you, your parents have, maybe you've said it as a parent, you think you're God's gift to, or you've heard somebody say that about somebody else. They think they're just God's gift to fill in the blank. Let, let me just burst your bubble. There's no one here that's God's gift to anything. No one here. You are not God's gift to whatever profession you're in. You are not God's gift to whatever hobby you're in. You're not God's gift to your spouse. You are not God's gift to your job. Listen, God and his truth and his kingdom is going to march on with or without you. Listen, I've had the joy and privilege over the last couple of weeks to be able to walk people through the gospel. And guess what? People are going to come to Jesus whether I'm standing there or whether I'm not. It is more powerful than me. It is way more powerful than what I can muster up this morning. Take joy in the fact that God doesn't need you to advance his kingdom. That's a freeing thought. But then couple that thought with this. God doesn't need you, but he wants you. He doesn't need you, but he wants you. You see, the truth is you could get up tomorrow morning and go to bed tomorrow night and get up Tuesday morning and go to bed Tuesday night and go all throughout your week. And guess what? All across this world, God's going to be working in hearts. God's going to be drawing people to him. 
God's going to be moving and God's going to be working and you're going to be sitting on the sidelines. But guess what? There's still going to be work going on on that field. You're the water boy. Or maybe you're in the stands. Or maybe you're part in the parking lot. But guess what? The game's still going on. There's still touchdowns being scored. Patty Mahomes is still on that field. He got, he's getting my offensive line. I'm calling it now. Prophetic word this morning. Calling it now. The Chiefs are winning the Super Bowl. Anyway. There's still a game getting played. I'm calling it now. Duke's going to be terrible at football. All right? I'm calling all of this. But guess what? It doesn't matter. I'm in the stands. I'm in the parking lot. The game's still going to be played. Hey, God's word and God's truth, he is still going to be saving sinners. He's still going to be changing people's lives. And you're going to sit on the sidelines and just watch it happen. However, I don't want to leave you there. I don't want to leave you there. God's kingdom will advance naturally with or without you. However, look at number three. And this is where I wanted to get this morning. The kingdom of God exponentially advances. The kingdom of God exponentially advances. Look at verse 30. Then he said, to what shall we liken the kingdom of God? That's the same question he asked in the previous verses. Or with what parable shall we picture it? It is like a mustard seed, which when it is sown on the ground is smaller than all the seeds on the earth. But look what happens in verse 32. When it is sown, it grows up and becomes greater than all herbs and shoots out large branches so that the birds of the air may nest under its shade. God's kingdom is not merely a natural advancement of God in his common grace drawing people to himself. We see that there's also a supernatural advancement of God's kingdom. God's kingdom does not just specialize in addition, but God's kingdom specializes in multiplication. And I, and I love this, and I want to explain this this morning. It multiplies with mustard seeds. It multiplies with mustard seeds. I want to be very careful this morning. Because the truth of the second point that God's going to do what he's going to do and he can do anything with or without us is very biblical and very true. So I want to make sure I'm walking a very fine line today. All I'm going to tell you is this. Over and over and over and over throughout scripture, we see God responding to faith. We see God responding to the faith of his followers. We see God throughout the Old Testament responding to the faith of Moses. We see God, and we even studied that, we see God responding to the faith of Joseph. We see God responding to the faith of Abraham. And so I want us to pay very close attention this morning. It multiplies, it, it, it adds naturally, but it multiplies with mustard seeds. I don't know if that rings a bell for you, but Tom Wagner was here uh, back in February and he spoke on just that mustard seed of faith. And Jesus responded in Matthew chapter 17 his disciples were unable to cast out demons. And he says this. Jesus says to them, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. And nothing will be impossible for you. You see, the truth, the light, the kingdom will exponentially advance this morning when common people will just simply so mustard seeds of faith. You can't even see it this morning. That's a mustard seed. 
I've got no clue. Oh, I saw it. There it went. This morning, common people. So just a little bit of faith. Just a little bit of faith this morning. God, I trust you. I trust you this morning with this small decision. This isn't a life-altering decision, but God, I, I have faith, and I trust you with that decision. And God, I trust you in this, this just small area of my life. God, this is not major. This is a small area, but God, my faith's in you, and I trust you. Sorry to our cleaners for this week. I trust you, God, in this small life transition. This isn't a major life transition, but God, there's something small going on. God, I'm not just going to go. I'm not going to go at this in my own power. I'm not going to go at this with my own wisdom and with my own knowledge. No, God, I just want to just a little bit. I, I'm I'm just gonna just. I don't have a lot of faith, but God, I, I got a little bit. God, there's this small conflict that I'm dealing with, and it's it's not a huge conflict. There's not been there's not been nasty things said yet, God. There's not been a huge blow up yet, but God, there's a, there's a conflict in my life, and and God. I believe, help my unbelief, but God, I, there's another mustard seed. I, I'm just going to give by faith that you can solve that conflict. God, I trust you with this, this person that's close to me, whether it's a friend or a family member, and, and maybe they're unsaved. Maybe they've not yet come to faith in Christ, and maybe they're lost today, and you can, you can sense it. You can feel it that they need Jesus, and God, I don't have a ton of faith this morning. I don't. God, in fact, faith, I got the smallest bit of faith that you can save them but I've got the smallest bit of faith and God this morning I, I don't know that that relationship uh, this other relationship is messed up we had to blow up we've exchanged the words we've said the things and God there's no way you can repair that relationship but God I got a tiny bit of faith I, I got a little bit mustard seed the smallest seed and God I don't know God, God I don't know about tomorrow I don't know about my future I don't know about my children I don't know about my spouse I don't know about this church I don't know about my friends I don't know about fill in the blank I don't know the future but God I believe help my unbelief I've got faith I've got faith this morning God I trust you I trust you I trust you in this area. I trust you in that area. I trust you in my job. I trust you for my kids. I trust you in this decision I have to make. I trust you in my marriage. God, I just got a little bit of faith. Small seeds of faith continually sown. Before you know it, you'll walk outside one day, hopefully, and you will see a bed of grass outside. And you know why you will see a bed of grass outside? It's because somebody got a little spreader. And they put a bunch of tiny little grass seeds in it. And they just threw them out. They just threw them out. And what we're going to wind up seeing outside is a bed of grass. But may I say this? Small seeds of faith that are continually sown and continually sown. In this parable, it says that it grows up into something great. It's, this parable says when it is sown, it grows up and becomes greater than all. The mustard seed is smaller than all, but when it is sown, it grows up 
and becomes greater than all. Man, that's my faith this morning. It's small. It's smaller than all your faith. But I'm going to sow it. I'll sow it. God, I'm not going to make these decisions without you. God, I'm not going to live this life without you. I'll sow, and I'll keep sowing, and I'll keep sowing, and I'll keep sowing, and what is the smallest will turn into the, the greatest. The kingdom of God will expand exponentially when a group of people who love Jesus and follow after Jesus continue to sow faith. They continue to live in faith this morning. They continue to grow and cultivate their hearts and their lives in faith this morning. I don't know if you've paid much attention to what's going on around our church, but I believe God is sending people and God is moving in our church and God is bringing people. In fact, every single Sunday, I play this little game called What If Everybody Showed Up Today? That is the game I, that I think all pastors play. What if everybody showed up today? And you know what's really awesome about that game that I've been playing is that it seems like over the last six weeks to eight weeks, that number's just kind of continued to, to grow. And Debbie's back here. If you're new, you've gotten a note from Debbie uh, recently. If you're newer, you've probably gotten a note. Listen, Debbie's like, man, we got more notes to write. We got more people coming. Listen, God is doing something in our midst. I believe and I firmly believe that God is doing this because common people in our congregation just have a little bit of faith. Just enough faith. God, I know they've not been in church in years, but I tell you what, I'm going to invite them. I thought, you know what? Yeah. I've got faith. These common people sowing these seeds of faith, they're believing that God can change the hearts and the lives of their friends, that God can change the hearts and the lives of their co-workers, that God can change the hearts and the lives of their family members. And we're seeing people come to Jesus who have been prayed for and prayed for for, for long periods of time. And can I say this? God's going to build his church naturally. Even if we just get up and go to bed and get up and go to bed. God's going to build his church. But I believe that God wants to exponentially build it. And his spirit wants to exponentially move in the hearts of common people who just sow a little bit of mustard seed faith. And a little bit of mustard seed faith. I don't want God to build his church as I go to bed and wake up and go to bed and wake up and go to bed and wake up. I want to see God do something unique. I want to see God do something to where you start explaining things happening in your church and people are like, man, I, man I, I've never experienced anything like that before. I, I want it to be where Keystone Church is, where God is using this church to transform people's lives, where they go back to work and people go, hey man, something's different about you. I don't know. I'm not really sure what's going on, but there's something different. Hey, they're not all here today, so I'll call them out. There's a firehouse that's a little bit different in Durham over the last six, seven weeks. There's been some firemen that have been talking, and the Lord's working in their hearts. And they've been inviting each other and coming to church. Their own shift and working, but hey, it's all good. It's what you get. But listen, God's doing that. And I just want to be a part. I just want God to move in an exponential way, not because of me, but man, if, 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 if all he is waiting for is faith, then God, you got it all. I'm not going to dump all these out. But God, if, if that's all you're waiting for, man, I'll throw them on the floor. 
I just want God to move in an exponential way. And I'm willing to take every mustard seed of faith that I have and put it out there. That's what I want. I want for people to say, it could only be God. It could only be God. I know it ain't Josh. And if, if you ever think it is, please let me ensure you. I know it ain't me. It's in spite of me. I know it's not me. But man, I've been celebrating. Can we celebrate something this morning? I'm gonna, I, want, I want us to celebrate this. So if you mind, you mind, Uriah, you mind if I tell a little bit of the story? You cool? So Uriah's family's been coming back to our church since the beginning of the year and um, been asking questions and asking questions about the gospel, been hearing the gospel and kind of asking questions off and on. I think this is pretty incredible. For Easter Sunday, he was at his grandfather's church, who's a pastor in Missouri. And after the service was over, I believe it was lunchtime, whatever it was, after, after talking to his parents and family about it, after asking questions to them, he finally got, went to his grandpa and said, I'm ready, I'm ready to be saved. And how awesome on Easter Sunday for one of our students who's, what, in the seventh grade, sixth grade, seventh grade, seventh grader to come to faith in Christ on Easter Sunday. Hey, listen, church, that's something we celebrate. Can we celebrate that? Uriah, would you stand real quick? Listen, that right there, that's what we celebrate. And by the way, Uriah, we don't see people as like students and then all the, all the, no, I mean, what God did in your heart is the same thing that he's done in adults' hearts and adults' lives that have lived years and years and years in sin and drug addiction and all those things, all those stories we hear. The same work he did in those lives, he did in yours. And listen, we celebrate that this morning as a church. You can be seated. We celebrate that. Listen, God is doing, and here's the thing. If we don't celebrate it, listen, I want my, I want my girls to see life change. We're going to celebrate it. Every single time God does something in our midst, we want to celebrate it. Listen, God's doing something. God is doing something. And I don't know all the details that went into the, the leading up of Uriah giving his heart to Jesus. All I know is this, is that somewhere along the way there was, God, I, a little bit of faith. A little bit of faith. If you're a parent this morning, I, I know, I hope, I pray. If you're a parent this morning, you've sown those seeds of faith. God, I pray for my kids. God, I, I give them to you. God, I pray they come to a saving knowledge of you. Listen, God is doing some incredible things. Hey, the light of the world, I wish this thing had a dimmer because it would really help the illustration. Hey, the light of the world is Jesus and he cannot be stopped. He will not be stopped. But man, I'll tell you what I want for our church. That light of the world with some mustard seeds of faith and this thing's become so bright that as people drive through here and come through here on Sunday morning, they're just like, I'm not sure what's going on there, but I'm going back. I'm not really sure what's taking place there, but I'm, I'm bringing my friend, I'm bringing my cousin, I'm bringing my coworker. I'm going to talk to that person that's asked me about church before and I was too afraid to invite him to come. I'm going I'm to go back and talk to them. Listen, God wants to do incredible things in our midst. Above and beyond what we could ever ask or think is what the Bible says. And listen, the light of the world and a mustard seed. A lampstand and a mustard seed. A lampstand 
and a mustard seed. What did Jesus teach you today? What did he teach you? I know for me, I feel like I've got to muster up this faith, right? I've got to be like, I've got to gather my faith together, and I have to throw my faith. No, I just, just what I have, God, that's all, that's all I can do is my, my mustard seeds. I wonder if you're here today and you say, Josh, we, I want to see God do something incredible. Whether it be in our church, whether it be in my family, whether it be just in my heart personally, God, I want to see, I want to see you do something that's above and beyond anything I would ever know. That's my prayer this morning. That's my prayer. Thanks for listening today. If you're listening for the first time, we would love to hear from you. Maybe you have a question about the gospel of Jesus. If so, we'd like you to send us an email at hello at keystonerdu.church. If you're a regular listener to our podcast and you would like to donate to the media and outreach ministries at Keystone, your gift would allow us to do more in an effective way to get the gospel out. Thank you for partnering with us in ministry in Durham and around the world.